Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is Sam Alexander with the news. The debut album from Larry Underwood, Pocket Savior, is number one on the Billboard, where it will set a record for longest time at number one, as no new records will ever be released. Congratulations on all your success. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Alexander, alongside Joshua Kahn. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, concert readers. And today we are back with another episode of The Sit, which is our reaction and discussion of the Newsstand miniseries. And Josh is leading us through the discussion. All right, let's jump into episode two, Pocket Savior. I know last week we discussed, we were trying to decide who it was going to be about. Really, if we just looked at the title of the next episode, it would have been very clear that it was going to be Larry Underwood focused. (laughs) But I think that made sense anyway. It it was bound to happen. Right. Uh, This episode, just like the first episode, we're not going at this journey sequentially. So we get... We get a little bit of the the caravan and uh, an almost missed homage of cooking steaks inside a grocery store. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think of the start of this episode? I thought it was cool. I was very, I, I did get very hard missed vibes when we pan out and because we're with Larry Underwood and we don't, I don't think we know it's Larry quite yet, but he's uh, firing up a grill in a store and he's just slapping steak on there, which is kind of one of those things like, don't you always want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Just walk into a store like you own it and like, I'm going to take this steak and I'm going to grill it right here and eat it. Yeah. The idea of all these people camping out in like a big bass pro shop <laughs> is kind of genius. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. All the stuff's there. Right. right? I, I liked this because immediately we're introduced to Nadine and Joe who don't play a huge part in this episode, but I love that we're introduced to Nadine by her pulling out flags sigil. That was such a wild choice. We know about her (laughs) in this show. Yeah. After all the secrecy around uh, Harold in episode one, I did not anticipate them just being like, straight up, I'm a bad guy at the very beginning <laughs> with Nadine. Wait a minute. I take issue with calling people who have the stones and might end up oh in Vegas God. a bad guy. They're, okay, people who end up in Vegas are not all bad guys. Hand-chosen lieutenants of Randall Flag are bad guys. Can either of you <laughs> tell me that if Alexander Skarsgård asked you to do something you wouldn't do whatever he asked you to do and gladly <laughs> yeah all right joy that's, that's a fair point also nadine was never really a chosen lieutenant she she never i mean she does choose to go with him but she's really a victim for the most part of that's fate true. and circumstance more than anything yeah i i hope that we can keep And I think we will, because I do think we kept it with Harold, some of the nuance of their characters and how much sympathy the story elicits from us for them. You know, it's it's so fun to hate someone and also have those moments where you're like, maybe they're redeemable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of nuance, and this is jumping forward. I hope that's okay, you guys. Have at it. But it's really one of only two problems I had with this episode. This episode is still extremely good. And all the people online that are having negative reactions to this show can eat my whole butt. So <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I, this episode wasn't, wasn't quite as good. I had two complaints. One, real bad CGI rat in the prison <laughs> sequence uh, made me go, did George Lucas produce this segment? Um, <laughs> And the second is the nuance that I feel we don't get with Rita. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go into into that a little bit. Uh, so we, as as we do, we jump around and we get this. A lot of this focuses on Larry and Lloyd, and that's kind of where we spend a lot of our flashbacks uh, in this episode. And we get all of that great stuff of. Of Larry, you know, he's releasing his his hit album with his single that we still haven't heard anybody play or sing. And the, we get that all that world falling down around him. But he's already in New York, already staying with his mom. So we cut out all of that stuff. And as the world falls apart, the, that introduction of Rita, first of all, I thought was really great because I felt like that's how delicate it was in the book. Also, just like this happenstance. I agree. Where they hear they hear people shouting, they hear the gunfire, mm-hmm. and they just find each other in this peaceful moment. And then uh, I was Rita pulls out a gun. Yeah, yeah, I was really worried that we weren't going to meet Rita, and that the blonde lady that he meets in the park was just Nadine, because may- maybe I'm uh, racist, but these two white blonde women. <laughs> almost identical to me ben i'm so glad Um, you said that because i was a little bit embarrassed and it's i think it's because of the mini the original miniseries they combined those two characters and so when i saw heather graham who to my eyes i think is a very attractive lady i was like oh yeah nadine looks different here (laughs) it took me a minute to catch up like yes we get rita because rita is such a tragic character yeah, I was really worried that we weren't going to get Rita, but we still got the guy that jerks off in Yankee Stadium. Yes! Okay, actually, uh, he, the, the Yankee Yanker is charming in this scene. He, I, I, was a I little love af- that. Yeah, I was a little afraid of him in the book. <laughs> yeah. But in, in this, it's just, if he said that to me, it'd be like, yeah, man, you go. Yeah, you, you live get it. that yeah. dream, buddy. <laughs> I love Rita's... Rita's response of, oh, that's such a long walk. Didn't you tell him to go somewhere close? Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. Well, also, uh, going back to uh, Rita and Nadine, I think that the similarities in them physically is very intentional mm-hmm. because it's more oh, than yeah. more than once we transition from a, a shot of uh, Heather Graham's back and then we're at uh, Amber Heard's back and their like their hair looks very similar the way they're standing is very similar and I think that 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 adding Rita back into this story as we all know is part of the reason Larry feels so much responsibility for Nadine and Joe once they Mm -hmm. they get together Mm -hmm. I thought that this was a really great way to back that up I, I agree I'm so glad that Rita was in the story but going back to what I said I feel like due to the fact that we're only going to have 10 episodes and this episode honestly covers 
so much ground. Like Larry's story is such a huge part of the book and it covers so much of it, Mm -hmm. but it's at the expense of some of the characterization of Rita. Because in the book, she's so tragic and so multi-layered. Honestly, probably one of my favorite King women characters. Despite kind of not being built for this new world, she does give it an honest effort. And then when she decides it's just not going to work anymore, she sadly, I guess, goes out her way. Yeah, that's just in the book. There's like pathos Mm -hmm. behind why she kills herself the 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 fear that she has of this new world and the feeling that she is just not made for it that she was this rich woman who just can't adapt and in this her reason for killing herself just comes out of nowhere they escape new york and then she's like man it's she literally her excuse is it's stupid to be alive <laughs> And then, which, like, I I don't want to be insensitive to anyone with mental health issues, but it just comes out of nowhere, and it's so just like nothing. They they didn't earn that. We we saw a stronger Rita in this this miniseries, which I... I like enough that I'm like, don't just don't make her kill herself. <laughs> Let her keep going. <laughs> well, like they, they brought back the guy of uh, I'll pay you a million dollars to fuck your wife, but then turned it into what I, I was telling Sam when we watched it. It was very reminiscent of the zoo scene. Mm-hmm. And so it made me wonder, maybe we're maybe they put that here. Maybe we're not going to get the zoo in, in the other story. And they just kind of doubled that down here. But I almost feel like giving them an adversary to run away from took away from part of Rita's struggle. Because that whole thing is where Agreed. she starts to fall yeah. apart. Like she can't go through the Lincoln Tunnel. Mm-hmm. And and that's where that leads that fight where they separate themselves. Yeah. And then she forces herself through. And after that point, she's just not the same. Like she realized that overcoming going through the Lincoln Tunnel was not worth being alive anymore. And I, yeah. I thought that they were going to, when they expanded on the, the guys chasing them, I thought that because she is a stronger character and she made it through that and it wasn't really like this big issue, they escaped and she was sort of stronger than Larry and, and made it to where they were trying to get to first. My thought was instead of her committing suicide that he was going to get her hooked on drugs and she was going to OD. And that's where his sense of I thought that responsibility too. was going to come. Yeah. That would yeah, have been I awesome. thought that too. But because also Larry is carrying a giant bag of cocaine. <laughs> a duffel bag. Episode. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, I thought that too. So yeah, I, I, I loved Heather Graham in this part. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm so glad we got Rita. It's just due to the nature of it being a miniseries, we didn't get enough. And her story suffered for it. Okay, let's go into something I really want to talk to you guys about. Sewer versus tunnel. How how did you feel them... So we still get them escaping through a dark, terrifying, cramped space, but instead of the pitch blackness of the Lincoln Tunnel, they escape through the sewer for several blocks. I kind of feel like maybe they pulled back from that 
because it's it's just so iconic. It's in the book. It's in the original series. And so to make their mark, they kind of had to think of a way to rework that. And what won me over for it, because I was when it first started happening, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get this instead of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. And I was kind of feeling it out to see if it was spooky enough. And when he's, you know, she leaves and he's wading through and he starts to hear Flag's voice and it's like something's coming at him in the water. And then we see his mom's corpse floating towards him and she speaks. And then when a rat forces its way out of her mouth, I was like, well, this is cool, but after a couple come out and then she continues to like scream at him like Larry that the way she the voice that she used to do that and the fact that I did not expect this woman to speak after the rats came out <laughs> like was so uh, unexpected delightful and unnerving that's like this is cool yeah. that won me over for that scene being that way instead of the tunnel yeah absolutely it's really really well done accomplishes the same goal as the tunnel scene i think but yeah that visual of the rats crawling out of his mother's dead mouth way more personal than what he went through in the tunnel and i loved it Mm -hmm. also sewer birds yeah (laughs) classic sewer birds he gets attacked by sewer birds that yell at him in uh Peter Skarsgård, Peter Skarsgård? <laughs> no. <laughs> Alex, no. how many times have I said his name on just these two episodes? <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. Peter Skarsgård? Uh, oh, I hope I... so. I'll take all the Skarsgårds I can get. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. My my only complaint is going back to the, the whole Rita situation is the fact that they, you know, they have the fight. He, like, tells her to get fucked and... And then when she climbs the ladder and leaves, he says, I should have taken the million dollars, which really grossed me out. But it reinforces that we're supposed to know. We need to know what a shitbag Larry was. Because that actor is too charming for me to hate. (laughs) They needed that. I do love the guy that plays Larry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's very good. But my problem with her leaving is that it it creates the problem that Ben was talking about. It doesn't put Rita through enough Mm -hmm. to make that. I'm I'm not going to be here anymore moment really feel like she experienced enough to make yeah. her realize this is not you for know me. what while he was in the tunnel she should have gotten raped D- nope not is that, at that's all what you're not saying? at all what I'm saying that's what Josh is saying Jesus listeners fuck <laughs> jeez my god I'm saying I wish Christ. she would not have left GM? and had gone through the sewer <laughs> with him dark. it's been a dark fuck day man. <laughs> I've already cried once. See, now you will all cry see, with me. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, fucking put a trigger warning on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I want to go back to uh, to Boulder for a minute because uh, one of the things I completely forgot about this, and I was so happy they did it when they show up and Stu's taking. Uh, Larry into town, filling him in on everything. Larry asks uh, about Harold and is talking about, I, I f- we followed uh, Harold all this way. And I thought to myself, when times got tough, what would Harold do? And I t- I'd completely forgotten yeah. about that moment from the book. And I'm so glad they did it because it's such a cool detail. How did you guys feel about him meeting Harold? 
I thought that the actors did a really good job of conveying in a very short scene all of those moments in the book, like the disappointment, the surprise when when Larry realizes Harold is not what I envisioned. <laughs> but I, in my head, as I was watching it, I was thinking, okay, we have that scene kind of at the beginning when we're getting more of Larry's backstory, when his old partner busts into the bar and, and interrupts his show. Like, we don't even get a note out of Larry. And it seemed that part was probably my least favorite part. It seemed a little bit shoehorned in. Like, we want to make sure you guys know Larry's having problems, even though we just watched him snort a bunch of coke and scream <laughs> at his manager. And I feel like if they had taken that away and just given us a little more time with him experiencing coming into Boulder and having that moment with Harold, I would have liked it even more. But the actors themselves did a great job putting everything they could into that to tell us something's kind of weird. And I don't, <laughs> I mean, I say that as a criticism, but yet I don't exactly know what I would say they should do different. I just wanted a little bit more of it. It's 5% more. No, th- yeah. I, I, I agree that it's the actors that pull it off because I, I love the subtlety of the writing and the acting mm-hmm. in a lot of this. Especially once again, I think James Marsden is becoming my fucking VIP in this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he actually is making me like Stu Redman. <laughs> like he he's so affable while still being this like giving you the the feeling of being the like quietly just quiet thoughtful badass texan yeah Yeah. he's the backbone he's the backbone of the community just the slightest look that Stu gives larry when they're walking through the town and Stu's glad handing to the people and like just showing how he's a guy everyone loves and Larry says, I, I want to meet this Harold Lauder. The reaction is so <laughs> subtle, but gives you such an absolutely clear idea of like, wait, really? It's great. <laughs> the, the acting is fantastic in this. I really enjoyed the standoffishness of Joe in that scene. Because yeah. we, because as if you are not familiar, you don't know what is special about Joe. And to see the moment Harold comes into view, Joe immediately tenses up and becomes even more standoffish. I thought that was also a really smart little detail to throw in. Do you guys think that we are going to get that element of the supernatural in this book? Because, well, from this book in this miniseries. Because so far, the only otherworldly anything has mostly been flag in those interactions. And there was a vision of Mother Abigail, but we're not getting as many kind of spooky elements in this. It's it's um, a little I, more I mean, straightforward. The rats crawling out of that old woman's mouth is pretty <laughs> otherworldly. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know. I, I hope so, that that we get a, a touch of Joe's shine. Mm-hmm. I also hope that next episode shows us Nadine and Joe's journey to Boulder. Yeah, I'm really excited to wrap up tying them together. Yeah, because they just give, you don't get a lot of either of them in this episode. Mm -mm. But they give the hint of, you know, she says, Joe has come a long way. 
So I'm looking forward to seeing the knife wielding Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because they did. They I was thinking, well, we'll probably be with new characters, but they left the whole Rita thing on a cliffhanger. So I bet we will still get a little bit more of that. And at this point, I like that Joe is carrying around Larry's guitar everywhere Mm -hmm. he goes. I thought that was great. But I want to point out uh, CM actually caught something with uh, with Nadine that I wanted you to talk about. I did. At the at the end when when she asks Larry to take Joe with him and she's in the house by herself. Yeah, she's in the house by herself and she is looking at the shelf of board games. Oh, yeah. And she takes one down, planchette. It made me think of the scene in the book, kind of her backstory where she is in college and that's when she's really getting those strong flag visions and, and kind of um, understanding and recognizing what her purpose might be. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, is, is this, are they going to fold her backstory into this series a little bit with that? Yeah. Oh, I, I bet anything. It's another reason I think next week is going to be very Nadine centered. Last thing. Let's talk about Lloyd Henry. Yeah, let's. Because holy Fuck, shit. Yes. This was so awesome. Oh, first of all, I'm really sad that's all we got of Poke. I'm not. Because <laughs> that holdup scene is amazing. And I love that they shoehorned his pokerized catchphrase in there. Jeez. And in one short scene, they made it as annoying as yeah, it is in the book. They really and I captured loved the spirit it. of that guy. What'd you guys think of the holdup scene? Fucking awesome. <laughs> the per- the perfect length. I yeah. it, we did not need more of that. It was so perfectly self-contained and perfectly like got the point of cross of what uh, Lloyd's whole deal is. I loved it. Okay, it's so weird because in the book, I think Lloyd was kind of despicable the whole time, right? Yeah, we never really came mm-hmm. around to him in the original miniseries. Miguel just is so phenomenal he played lloyd just as a badass and you kind of liked lloyd you're like yeah the new lloyd is awesome i'd be his friend and so initially we saw this guy and i my impression was that he was playing more to the character in the book because nobody can be miguel so don't even try (laughs) yeah (laughs) and at first i was like oh man and I, i really missed miguel but this i think this guy did a really great job of being just like walking that fine line of being sort of a, a lackey moron, but also having enough depth and conniving to make you want to see what he's going to do next. Yeah. In the, in the original miniseries, he's just played as like a straight villain where I love that this guy is just like, a weaselly dipshit. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm so excited to see that character grow into the Lloyd we knew from the first yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you guys my favorite part of, of the Lloyd flag scene? That Alexander Skarsgård yes. was in it? My second favorite part <laughs> of the Lloyd flag scene. When... Uh, the wonderful, talented, beautiful Alexander Skarsgård is talking to Lloyd on the other side of the bars. It's before he's unlocked. Yes. And the the guy playing Lloyd is doing an amazing job. He's as Flag is talking, you know, about, 
you know, letting him out and about food and about people mistreating him and getting back at them, this guy like sheds a tear. And I think like, wow, this is really great. What a powerful moment. And then Flag is describing, well, you must be really hungry. And, you know, I see you might have chomped on your friend's leg over there and eaten a rat. And I'm a bit peckish, too, because lunch was a couple hours ago. And he starts describing the sandwich that he had to Lloyd. And the guy, like, just, it should have been cheesy and dumb and horrible, but it's so beautiful. He starts licking the bars of the cell and it's so strange. It's so weird. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was a great it, yeah. touch. It is 100%. I believe that is just that actor started doing yes. that. <laughs> and the director was like, what the fuck are you doing? Do that more. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a choice that I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not what I thought you were going to say about that scene. My favorite scene well, a part of that scene was the beginning, which made me just yell "fuck yes" out loud. <laughs> is uh, Lloyd is laying on the floor at the bars. He's been, you know, starving. We have this shot of him at the bars with the back of his cellmate's leg with big bites taken mm-hmm. out of it, and you hear flag coming, and you see his boots from Lloyd's perspective and it does the thing where it slowly pans up his body and then you see his big belt buckle and then it cuts and you're like, Oh, are we not going to see his face? That's so cool. And then he bends down, he kneels down and you still, it stops short of his face and you're like, fuck, this is so (laughs) cool. And then Henry looks up and looks into his smiley face button, Flag's smiley face button on his jacket. The button winks at him, <laughs> and then smash cut to Alexander Skarsgård's face as he goes, boo. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are fantastic. So good. So totally, flag. totally right, Ben. Okay, I amend it. My favorite part is when the camera pans up Alexander Skarsgård's <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> I loved the all the cuts back to Lloyd because he comes in and he's like riding high because everybody call, is mm-hmm. calling him a cop killer and he's like a celebrity. Then you see what really happened and he didn't actually kill anybody. But everybody's treating him like shit. The, the one guard throws like a handful of snot in his face so gross. as he's begging to be let go. And so like we, every time we cut back, we see him getting worse and worse, but man, when, when you just see the, from the point of view of the back of the cell and he's leaning against the bars and you can just see the bite out of the calf uh. before they, like I was really glad they drew attention to it. But at the same time, I was almost hoping they wouldn't to see if people <laughs> would catch it. But I'm glad they did because it gave us the moment where he you get that full denial that Lloyd had in the book. When he says one of his pant legs looks a little uh, thinner than the mm-hmm. other. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. That couldn't <laughs> possibly have been me. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've just been eating this rat. <laughs> and it just that denial is so wonderful to that like his forced cannibalism it's so great i loved that did you guys catch the part where lloyd for a minute thinks that what flag is going to ask him for is sexual favors 
No. It's when he's... Well, he does say, you are a beautiful man. Yes, he says that right after oh. Flag says, there's something I need you to do for me. Or, or there are some promises I need you to make or something. He's, he's basically saying, okay, I'll let you out, but we got to make a deal. And Lloyd's first response is just that. Well, you are a beautiful man. And I was like, <laughs> yes. oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That. That's my fanfic. The, yes, of course. <laughs> and then we got we get the great scene of him you know, messing with the stone and turning mm-hmm. it into that key. The uh, key that has a giant RF on it. So now I want that key because that's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I also kind of wish they... I'd have to go back and watch it again to see if they played this right. But I remember one of the most important things about that scene is that that cell does not have a keyhole. Oh. Oh, yeah. And that's right. why Lloyd's like, he sees him use the key and he's like, mm-hmm. what? And then here's the click and it moves. But there was never a keyhole in that door. But yeah, God, with him pulling him out there and they just walk off together and it's it's so great i love how this show is setting all these things up okay that's uh, does anybody you have anything else you guys want to talk about from the show anything that jumped out at you that we didn't touch base on i love all of the flag dreams the the visuals of they're in this weird rocky no man's land and a spotlight drops on them is is just very cool visually the weird neon signs half buried in like sand super cool yeah all of these scenes with those parts remind me of tales from the crypt demon knight that um surreal sleaziness so real sleaziness is a great way to explain this (laughs) i i was gonna wait but i'm gonna jump in on my thing that we didn't talk about even though i'm the one leading this episode okay the point i made from last episode came to be true franny knows sign language yeah when she tries to communicate with joe uh and i loved that subtle moment when she's walking with nadine and they're talking and she's like yo you know the dreams and nadine just looks yes the dreams you're having the (laughs) dreams too oh i'm having load loads of those dreams yeah he's really hot (laughs) what what? (laughs) wait what yeah like that that subtle playoff of like oh yeah i know i'm having the dream we all have was great. Yeah, I liked that. CM, besides Alexander Skarsgård's body? Um, well, no, 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 that's it. <laughs> always, always your takeaway. He's one of my favorite people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, yeah. Sorry. How, how did you manage to save that so creepy? <laughs> one of my favorite people. <laughs> I don't know. That's payback, you guys. (laughs) That's it for this episode of The Sit. Join us next time where we will be covering episode three of The Stand that has a name that I am not aware of yet because it'll be out on Thursday. (laughs) For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm CM Alexander asking you, baby, can you dig your man? Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to part two of The Sit. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of behind-the-scenes action after we hit stop. Bam! Fuck, I didn't forget, I didn't mention how Alexander Skarsgård says, what's the line? He says, oh, I'm real, 
baby. <laughs> that was so that, weird. That fucking line read was perfect. <laughs> the, there's he just he's so charming. He uh, like I'm I'm willing to just be on board with okay, every little okay. thing he does. So the minute we a go little off air, not grinny enough for me. Well, I agree yeah. with Ben. Alexander Skarsgård is too handsome and cool to be <laughs> wacky flag. But also, Josh, I take issue that now you're on the Skarsgård train as soon as we hit stop. Oh, I've been on the Skarsgård smorgasbord <laughs> for years. Skarsgård smorgasbord. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.